You're listening to Strange by Nature, your guide to the strange, weird, unbelievable, and improbable wonders of the natural world. Thanks for being here today. I am Kirk Mona, and I am joined today by Rachel Ginza and Victoria Thompson. We are all professional naturalists who together have scoured the world for weird and wonderful wonders just to please your mammalian brain's desire for novelty. Isn't that nice? Let's do this. Welcome back, everyone. Um, hello, hello. I get to start us off this week. Yeah, you do. Uh, and Yeah. And, you know, sometimes your topic just comes to you and smacks you in the face, uh, which is what happened with this particular topic this week. I was searching, um, I have a, we all have lists of various topics and things that we want to cover. And I don't know how this wasn't on my list, but um, a friend of mine had given me a book that just has like a bunch of weird facts um like the best kind and they're of book. all categorized um i believe the one the version that i was reading the because there's a series of three i think this one was why do fish fart um <laughs> do they <laughs> all right uh one does but i'm not talking about that one okay uh but i was just flipping through it and this one fact just just jumped out when it blew my brain yeah so i want to talk about uh sea stars today oh oh sea stars yeah great very nice yeah they're also known as starfish i'm just going to cover um the overall like sea stars slash starfish um i'm going to call them sea stars because they're not fish they're not fish Um, not a fish anoderms uh, they are not a not a fish. They're in the same family um, as sea urchins, sea cucumbers, and sand dollars. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, so sea stars, uh, like their name suggests, have, in average, most of them have about five limbs or arms, mm-hmm. um, also known as rays, uh, connected to like a center body. Now, one thing that I didn't quite realize is that. Um, so is that their eyes, what counts as eyes, like they have uh, light detecting eye spots, sure. are actually at the end of their arms, like yeah, towards so what cool. we would consider like <laughs> the tip, which right. is, I don't know if I like that, you know, but like that? Go, go for the sea stars. Just Does it remind you too much of Pan's Labyrinth? far away. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's a deep cut. You know, I was Pan's Labyrinth fan. Uh, nightmare fuel, but uh, I was. Yep. Very I was weird. thinking more about <laughs> snails with their eyes at the end of their little eye stalks. Okay. okay. See, that doesn't mm. bother me too much. Um, but what I wanted to talk about mainly today, um, so there's a lot of really cool things about sea stars, um, but what blows my mind like they have a lot of really strange properties and we'll talk about some of them but the one that like really got me so sea stars actually uh they crawl around on the bottom of the ocean wherever they might be they pretty much have 
are in any habitat, um, or most of them anyway, uh, they're found in kelp forests, they're found in coral reefs, like tide pools, they're pretty widespread. Um, but their favorite food, uh, you would think that maybe like their cousins, they would be like filter feeders. They are not. Um, they prefer actually bivalves. So things like clams and oysters. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Mussels. Mussels. Um, all of those admittedly tasty animals. Um, so what they do in order Kurt to get... does not like, uh, apparently. At the... I'm just shaking my head. No, no. That's a matter of opinion. <laughs> hey. Uh, more for me. Um, Fair enough. Well, what they do is they uh, have some suction on the bottom of their arms. Yeah, and yeah. they wrap their bodies around the, the bivalve. And what they do is they just use the suction and they pull apart the so shell cool. like they're forcing it apart that's that and takes then a when lot of it's strength. open the sea star it does uh but when it's open the sea star pushes its stomach out of its body and into the <laughs> clam so gross or bivalve yeah oh yeah so that's gross. right <laughs> this was <laughs> which God, I, I forgot about that that's amazing feel like i learned I, <laughs> that was the <laughs> fact that really caught my attention i'm like i'm sorry they do what let me just take my stomach out <laughs> and then, i'm like it was like this one they have one opening in their body and they push their stomach out into this shell that they're wrapped around oh, and forcing man. open <sighs> they secrete enzymes to digest and like have the liquefied liquefy. like, uh, they to liquefy the soft tissues of the bivalve clam chowder and what then to, what what a way to go <laughs> more or less oh horrifying and then it it gets absorbed into the stomach and then like retreat re, retract i guess is the word i'm looking for yeah yeah their stomach back into their body ew um wow. horrifying so glad uh, they, we don't do that yeah <laughs> i'm really glad we don't um one thing that also is kind of crazy about that is so sea stars their size is dependent on the amount of food that they eat not how old they are mm. and sea stars sure. can live to be about 35 years Ooh. in the wild <laughs> which is a lot longer than i thought that they could do <laughs> um but uh but they uh they can weigh up to 11 pounds and be almost 10 inches long depending on the species i suppose i guess yeah wide depending on the species yeah um have you seen any of those sea stars that yeah. have like a ton of legs not just five? Oh, yeah i have they're crazy yeah. Yeah, they can have um, up to, most of them have five arms, but some species can have up to 50. Oh, wow. That's that's too many. <laughs> too many arms. I, just, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yep. Just crawling along the sea floor. Eating yeah, them some yeah, mollusks. Not, yep. 
mm-hmm. pushing their stomachs mm-hmm. out. Digesting in there and then swallowing it back in. Gotta imagine that puts you at risk to Oof. be sitting there with your stomach pushed out of your body inside of a mm-hmm. bivalve while you're on the ocean floor. Like, because it's yeah. not a quick process to di- di- you know, digest something outside your body. Maybe they find a nice crevice to hide in or something. Must have to, yeah. I think that's a very valid thing. That's part of the reason, like, the um, echinoderm means spiny creature. So a lot of sea stars actually on the, what we consider to be their outside where their eyes are and right, such, right. that is covered in, like, little spines. It's They're not, like, kinda it's hard. a really tough. Yeah, kind of bumpy, um, hard. Bumpy texture that offers a type of armor for them so that way they can actually, you know, protect themselves but they probably do just go into little spaces Mm -hmm. um i can talk about this forever but i just really wanted to talk about um sea stars uh feeding habits they have a lot of other strange things about them like there are um their their pop how they reproduce they can is also kind of crazy like they can sexually reproduce but they can also asexually reproduce if they lose a limb they can grow it back again like there's a lot of cool things that you can talk about with sea stars but that was really the the uh <laughs> the fact i wanted mm-hmm. to talk about today yum they're just kind of crazy <laughs> um so we're gonna take a break and when we return it'll be Vic- well we're gonna take a break and it'll be victoria but in that break is actually going to be a really fun commercial for another podcast. Cool. Thanks. Hey, welcome to the last comic shop podcast. A comic book podcast that actually talks about comics. Yep. Each week we open the shop up and read and discuss a comic. Sometimes we pair that up with comic book movies or TV shows. Or not. Lots of times it's just comic books and sound effects. Oh yes. Definitely lots of sound effects. So tune in on all the major podcasting platforms, The Last Comic Shop Podcast, or check out our library of evergreen shows at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. So I'm just going to warn you, my topic is about poop. So if you have a problem with that, you can just skip this segment. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I can't I'm just going to get spoiler alert. If you have a problem with that, <laughs> you should just skip the entire rest of this episode. Yes. Um, I'm not going to say why. Oh my God. But I will. Cause it's, it's all, it's, it's poop all the way down. So just, <laughs> thanks for listening. I mean, and, oh. uh, this has been well, strange financial podcast. I think it's just funny. don't put it in the title we, of the episode. We definitely... apparently. It's poop all the way down. That'll, that'll be the title. <laughs> <laughs> Or it's poop. Well, it's poop I find from it here funny that we don't talk. I find it funny that we don't talk about poop more on this topic, considering how much it comes up in like daily conversation. Naturalists talk about poop so much, you guys. Oh, yeah. You have no idea. That we call Every it lunch scat. Time. So much. Scat. Yeah, Always scat. lunch. <laughs> I will lay it on us. Actually, Sorry. that's well, a poor choice of phrase. Tell us about it. This <laughs> this topic is not about scat. It's about poop. So, oh, um, all right. Yeah. Oh. I have always been a big reader from a from a young age, so naturally I've always loved spending time in bookstores. 
And uh, for Mm -hmm. example, there was a huge used bookstore in the city where my grandparents lived. And that was one of the highlights always of my trips to visit them was going to this bookstore. And, you know, when I was in high school, there was a big Barnes and Noble that was not too far away from the school. And I would, I would go there after school and just like browse for an hour or two or whatever. Um, But whichever Mm -hmm. store I was in. uh, You are such a nerd. Yes. Uh, this and is okay. surprising yeah, we, nobody. Everybody's here. This, yeah, that you're in good company. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whichever store I was in, there was one thing that would frequently mar my time communing with the books. Uh, almost always, mm. after a short while browsing, I would be struck with a sudden and urgent need to poop. So, uh-huh. okay. yeah. Mega bookstores like Barnes & Noble usually have a bathroom. So if I was in one of those type, it was just Mm -hmm. a matter of holding on until I could get to the right floor and relieve myself. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, in smaller and less corporate stores, it it could be a real problem. So I'd either just have to, you know, hold it Mm -hmm. or um, leave. Uh, And actually often if I left the bookstore, the urge would subside. Um, This also happened to me in libraries. But <laughs> it was not only book related. This is fascinating. Okay. okay. Not only book related. Yeah, I was wondering if this was if this would strike a chord with either either of you, but apparently not. I, you know, I mean, I've uh, heard of this. How about a stationary store? Uh, I didn't go into too many stationary stores, but you know, any any place where I was sort of doing similar browsing activities, so like video stores, music stores, oh, back when those okay. used to exist, mm-hmm. if you remember. Little, uh, little hunting and gathering, oh, yeah. if you will. Yeah, grocery stores, even farmers markets. It was, it was awkward because it happened to me a lot. <laughs> um, and when you're browsing the internet, is this a phenomenon you experience? Well, this happened to me from childhood, and my parents, you know, were aware of my issue. But I had okay. always thought this was okay. weird, idiosyncratic thing that only happened to me. And you know, like unless you're in a very poop-centered friendship. This is not the kind of thing you usually bring up in passing with your buddies, especially if you're a teenager, because it's just like, it's very embarrassing, right? Um, no one else have the urge to poop I mean, in the bookstore, I've... no? Okay. <laughs> exactly. I've 100% had these conversations with friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked that this has not come up at work, but it, it will this week, so go on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that a friend of mine who had a young son mentioned that he had either either he had had an accident or like a near miss in a bookstore. And she mentioned that this was a mm-hmm. frequent thing with him. And I realized that I was not alone. <laughs> it was very not affirming alone. for me. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, good. There, I left it for quite a while because, you know, it still happens to me occasionally, but it's really not as frequent as it used to be. I think it's kind of faded as I've gotten older. And I hadn't really thought about it in a long time. But then the other day I was looking at a list of <laughs> the weirdest Wikipedia pages. Um, and I clicked on something called the Mariko Aoki phenomenon. Didn't know what that was. Well, I just love how you randomly clicked on that. Is <laughs> I mean, I was clicking on a lot of them, to be clear. Yeah, some page you're on had a link to this, clearly. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mm. apparently, this urge to poop in bookstores is well known in Japan and has earned itself a name. 
Uh, so Mariko Aoki was a young woman <laughs> who wrote into a magazine about books. Uh, it was a book, a book magazine in 1985. And she mentioned that this urge would strike her in bookstores. And apparently this really uh, rung a chord with other readers of this magazine who wrote in by the dozens, if not the hundreds, to report the same sort of experience. Amazing. And in fact, wow. the magazine then published a special issue devoted to this phenomenon. Yeah, I feel like I've, I feel like I've heard of this oh. before. That's, that's, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. since then, it has been apparently dis- discussed quite a bit in Japan on you know, TV shows and stuff like that. And uh, even put to some very small scale studies, which were mm, inconclusive <laughs> about <laughs> how widespread it might be or its cause. Yeah, I'm leaving out quite a bit here um, because not only does this Wikipedia article surprisingly exist, it also is surprisingly uh-huh. extremely yep. long and detailed. <clears throat> I appreciate yeah. that. This, this means a lot to somebody who's really decided to do a deep dive on the editing. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah. I am having to trust Wikipedia mm-hmm. a lot on this one because pretty much all of the sources cited at the end are in Japanese, which is not a language I can read. Right. Um, so, Fair enough. you know, what could possibly be the cause of the Mariko Aoki Victoria Thompson phenomenon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm glad you just forever tied your name to this phenomenon. <laughs> Known in America as was great. Victoria Thompson phenomenon. <laughs> oh, God. I hope I didn't just uh, start something. Ooh. Okay. God, I hope that catches <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. My first guess would be uh, the smell of of books. Okay, well. But then you mentioned video stores and stuff, so it's more of a behavioral thing than a smell thing, yeah. I think it's more about, like, a movement, like, you're relaxed a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm. And, like, you're moving around, things are able to, like, move through your bowels. Well, good thoughts. Other people have had those thoughts, too. Yeah, the the first hypothesis. What about, I I mentioned hunter-gatherer before, so it's like, if you're using that whole hunter-gatherer kind of like looking for something and searching, your body's maybe thinking like, I'm about to eat, and so I need to void and make room for what I'm about to find. Wow. Okay, that's that's a lot of mm-hmm. steps, but uh, I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> um, yeah, that's hypothesis. a new one. Let's test yeah. It yeah, so Ooh. one one hypothesis oh, is God. that there's some kind of chemical trigger in the smell of paper or ink that causes right. the urge to defecate. I don't really buy this because as, as you pointed mm. out, yeah, it happens at least to me in many other places and reportedly to other people too. And, okay, you know, so check that one off. Okay. Does this happen to, to printers all the mm-hmm. time? I mean, the record doesn't say. You're maybe in the wrong line of work yeah. if it does. The pulp and paper scientist is like, you know, choices were made back in college and I regret them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, other ideas, uh, a Pavlovian response to books, if you frequently read on the toilet, but again, you know, <laughs> objections as cited above, <laughs> video stores, one. music stores, grocery stores. Well, maybe you will check, you rent a lot of videos on the <laughs> can too, who knows? <laughs> uh, an idea that I find slightly more plausible is that browsing in a bookstore and similar locations involves frequent sort of bending over, which can, you know... Sort of similar to squatting, which can stimulate the bowels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so maybe. Yeah. Still seems a little far-fetched to me, to be honest. I don't know. Or as sort of you mentioned, Rachel, the act of walking itself can actually help 
move the bells along, especially if you're a sedentary to begin with. So if you were, yeah. you know, just driving around and then you get out and go to the bookstore and, and or walking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be, that could be possible. Um, another idea that kind of relates to what you said, Rachel, is that bookstores can induce a sense of relaxation uh, or perhaps yeah. conversely anxiety about picking a book and either of those states might somehow, in, you know, cause a need to poop. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. frankly, for myself, the hypothesis that I find most likely is the one that my dad suggested back when I was a kid, which is that <clears throat> these types of places are often, you know, you can spend a lot of time there, but they often don't have easily av- available bathrooms. And mm-hmm. subconsciously, you start worrying about the lack of access to a bathroom, which makes you need to go to the bathroom. I think yeah. that's, I, I think that is kind huh. of got a lot to do with it but you know in reality it may may be some combination Mm -hmm. of factors but honestly we will probably never know i i cannot see the nih or similar institutions in other countries giving grants Mm -hmm. to study this (laughs) completely inconsequential issue and um one thing one thing i do know (laughs) is that if anyone ever does uh publish a study you know perhaps with their own money or what have you uh, on this phenomenon, some kind of conclusive uh, results. They are strong candidates to win a an Ig Nobel Absolutely. Prize. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just thinking. One hundred percent. it's almost a guaranteed win of an Ig Nobel mm-hmm. Prize if you can crack this nut. Yeah, that's which is, that's the Ig Nobel Ig, Prize. Ig Nobel. Yes. For those who aren't familiar, go yes. look it up after the show because it's amazing. Hours of entertainment, oh, folks. They're so, it's so good. Yeah, they have a great website. <laughs> Well, that is, uh, that's what I have on that topic. <laughs> and now right. we're going to um, have some more fecal matters, apparently, from Kirk after the break. <laughs> see, on this break, I just wanted to mention something. I'm holding something up that, you know, only Rachel and Victoria can see. I've got a big pack here oh, yeah. of our strange by nature water bottle stickers. They're pretty uh, this awesome. This is my last pack. Oh, yeah. Last pack before I need to reorder <sighs> more. So mm. if you want to get your water bottle sticker, you don't have yours yet, you want to proclaim that you are a strange person by nature and a listener of the show, I'll be sure to head over to strange, uh, well, patreon.com slash strange by nature and join the society of strange to get your strange by nature sticker for your water bottle or car or wherever. Cause we're going to have to reorder soon. Cause these things have been going fast. They are really nice uh, stickers. Woo. They're so fun. All right. Welcome back everybody. A quick list. Me some of your favorite foods. Dim- Pie. Dumplings. Spaghetti. Ooh, dumplings. I just had great. dim sum for um, my birthday uh, lunch. Pierogies. What else you got? Keep going. Keep going. Oh, that's so fun. Um, peaches. Uh, ice cream. Strawberries. Uh, Cherries. Yes, ice cream. All, all good answers. All good answers. And um, those all sound great, but I can't help but notice something missing from Avocado. your list. None of you mentioned feces. You're right. No. We did not. Yeah, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> Look, I said no, I, you knew this was coming. I was talking about poop. Uh, in general, we humans yep. don't eat fecal material. Uh, I'm very okay with that fact. I yeah. just think it makes life I'm good. Life more yeah, pleasant, let's right? Not. And I mean, think of, people complain about people having onion or garlic breath. Like, oof. 
amazing. And, and I, I know I don't like when like coworkers heat up fish yeah. for lunch in the microwave. Just imagine if someone put like a fecal stew in the microwave at work. That oh. actually, uh, breath smelling like feces can actually be the sign of uh, certain disease, certain mm. diseases. Yeah, I'm, I've been learning. So there again, not great, not great. No. Uh, speaking of diseases, there are many diseases um, that are spread by feces, and we have a natural revulsion to even the smell of feces because feces are that a huge source of pathogens uh, that can spread diseases. So our natural revulsion mm-hmm. is kind of a built-in safeguard to our health, which I think is kind of cool. Clearly, though, um, not all animals have this. And yes, I'm talking about this topic because of last week's animal, the, the dung beetle, right? Um, obviously, mm-hmm. they are not don't have any kind of revulsion to uh, feces, but it isn't just the dung beetle. There's actually lots of animals that um, use feces as a food source. There's even a word for it, a corporate dogs, which again, Sounds fancy, but yeah, dogs. But it's, it's literally just mm-hmm. it just means dogs, it means poop cats. eating. That's all poop eating. It's corpophagy. It's just it's a fancy way of saying poop eating with, <laughs> without sounding like you're talking about poop eating. Um, so you mentioned dogs, Victoria. Yes, dogs, especially mm-hmm. my lovely little girl Ada. Uh, she loves to eat poop. Yep. And that's again, she's a dog. Um, interestingly, not yeah. like her own or not her brother's, um, but rather she really loves nature's cocoa puffs. Uh, rabbit droppings. Ah, good. She'll just snarf them all down. I, I thought maybe it was because when she was a puppy, she was actually abandoned before we uh, adopted her. And she had to scrounge for like whatever food she could find. But really, I, I think she just mm-hmm. likes them and is a highly food motivated dog and just she enjoys eating it. So it's really gross. Uh, especially when she comes in and wants to give you, yes, she give you kisses and licks. <laughs> so there are some animals, though. Yep, that, she loves doing that. Yeah. There are some animals, though, that eat their own feces. Um, interestingly, people have noted that young horses will eat mm. their, um, their, their mother's feces mm. for about a three-week period, starting mm. when they are two weeks old. Um, now, they do grow out of the habit, but it seems that consuming the feces helps them establish the correct intestinal flora that will help them digest their food uh, when they're an adult. So that's that would do the trick. Cool. Yep, and uh, this is probably fairly common in the animal world, um, and it even works on humans. Now, we don't send fe- feed feces to our young, but researchers have experimented with what they call nope. a fecal transplant in humans uh, with who have health problems. And in this case, uh, they don't have you eat the feces. They actually fill you up from the other end uh, during a <laughs> uh, colonoscopy. Uh, but this is actually now an established Ooh. treatment for yes. certain stubborn colon bacterial infections. And interestingly, mm-hmm. uh, there's ongoing studies, not 100% conclusive yet, but a number of studies looking at fecal transplants to assist with a diverse number of diseases like diabetes, obesity, um, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, depression, mm-hmm. uh, food allergies, and more. Yes. Uh, so time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell how many of those actually pan out, but there are studies being done to, to look at that because of the connection between um, the helpful bacteria you have in your gut um, may actually have something to do with all of those diseases, which is just wild. I find that um, such so a clearly, fascinating area well, of research. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's it something. really is. Really something. Um, well, I mean, if you think about it, like your stomach bacteria, like it affects like everything in your entire body because oh, yeah. all of the nutrients come from your stomach and your intestine. So your large intestine, good, large, mostly. Bacteria. 
Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's a good point. Yeah. If it's if you have good bacteria and a good um, micro climate um, in your large intestine, like it can help with a lot of things. You're good to go. Yeah. Yes. Poop is powerful. I think is what it comes down to. Um, <clears throat> we avoid it because it can be loaded with harmful bacteria and pathogens, but it's also loaded with a lot of positive bacteria that are essential to digestion and healthy functioning of the gut, like you were saying. So it's, yeah, it's poop is powerful is how I put it. Now, clearly this was inspired by mm-hmm. you know last week's topic, like I said, but when I was doing some sort of digging on that topic, I stumbled upon an article uh, while I was gathering facts and it it was really something. Uh, so I just really had to, sh- I have to share it this week. Uh, I was going to share it actually in the bonus material for that our patrons get to hear over at patreon.com slash strange by nature. Thank you, patrons, for your support. Um, but I figured, you know what? I'm actually I'm going to do a little bit deeper dive on it and um, uh, talk about poop a lot uh, and feature this little <laughs> tidbit uh, at the end of this week's topic. So here's here's the question that some researchers wanted to answer. Who's got the tastiest poop in the animal kingdom? <laughs> According to whom? Well, again, this seems like Ig Nobel Prize uh, territory here. So uh-huh. really did this. Um, it may seem like a strange question, but <clears throat> look, we're all strange people here. So let's go for it. Um, yeah, I want to I want to according to whose taste? Because I mean, there's the one well, taste. Right. Because we could go around eating feces. Oh, like you're, like it seems fair. like you're suggesting, Victoria, but yeah. I, I don't really recommend that. Um, no. Good news is um, scientists put this to the test. And I should make really clear up front, these scientists did not sit down and personally sample stools. Uh, they used our old friend, the, the dung beetle, to sniff oh, okay. out the gourmet Yay. turds. Okay. Um, about 9,000 dung beetles were given their choice of many food options, not just turds, by the way, but things like dead rats were included in the, uh, the dining uh. options. On the fecal menu were things like cougar, bison, wildebeest. Lions, tigers, chimpanzees, etc. I'm pretty sure they just went to the local zoo and were like, "What you got?" Right? <laughs> so, Give us poop. Yeah, we need poop. This was actually done in Nebraska. Uh, so oh, we they have a really good beetles. zoo in Omaha. They have a good zoo there. Yeah, we talked about uh, <laughs> dung beetles Jinx, last week being like in Africa, and but there are dung beetles in North America as well. Uh, so this was done in Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, with sort of our local North American dung beetles. And preferences were not universal across all species of dung beetles. Um, they just put the stuff outside and s- hmm. saw what showed up. And 15 different species of dung beetles actually showed up to the party. But overall, there was one winner that was crowned as the most desirable feces. And the title of the tastiest turds goes to, drumroll please... <sighs> humans what gross that's right (laughs) we have the most attractive turds at least to dung beetles uh now i say i might say tastiest but it seems that dung beetles are actually attracted to not necessarily the taste but whatever whoever had the smelliest feces was what they drew their attention Mm. and our apparently feces smell the strongest likely due to our diets um, yeah. and interestingly, yeah. uh, the runner up was chimpanzees. So <laughs> probably kind of ah. similar to the humans. Okay. Primate um, poop interestingly, is... all, yeah. also omnivores like us. And I think omnivores have some of the stinkiest poop. Yes. Um, so really pretty fascinating. A uh, funny little side note. Um, the article I read on mm-hmm. this very explicitly did not mention 
where they got the human feces for the study, <laughs> which I found very amusing. Um, I kind of imagine it was freshly created by members of the research team. Uh, and that must have been really awkward and kind of bizarre to be carefully studying your coworkers' feces. But there you go. Science at work. Yeah. Someone made that I sacrifice mean, for this research. I hope that they controlled for the freshness of the turds because that, you know, that could make a difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, do, I do not know if they did that. Uh, we may have to, um, you know, I want to see this study replicated, of course. <laughs> so we really know right, uh, of who has the, really, come on, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's who had the smelliest feces is what it really came down to. Uh, and look, th- this... This right. week was really just an excuse to talk about humans' award-winning fe- fecal material. And uh, my sources this week were <laughs> Science Direct, WebMD, uh, Live Science, and the journal Environmental Entomology. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I, 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 I'd say we probably warned you with the title of the episode. Good anybody job who's still listening to this episode. <sighs> yeah, you knew what you were stepping yeah. into. Uh, I hope they're not stepping into it. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're going right, to end with that, everybody. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Right, bye. bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and we love sharing this strange world with all of our listeners. If you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, that would be great. It lets other lovers of the strange discover the show. You can reach out to us on social media by searching for Strange by Nature Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email as well. Our address is contact at strangebynaturepodcast.com. If you want more information about the show, you can also check out our website, which is strangebynaturepodcast.com. Until next week, get outside, stay curious, and embrace the strange.